Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hey, guys. It's the hardcore legend Mick Foley here, and I need to call a quick timeout, a brief timeout, because I wanted to tell your listeners what I have been telling Foley is Pod listeners for a while now about all the cool things happening over on adfreeshows.com. A brand new series has arrived on Adfree Shows. Top of the card unpacks everything you need to know in the wrestling trading card space. And we're starting with the granddaddy of them all, the 1982 Wrestling All-Stars Series A set. Now, this set was not exclusive to any one territory at the time, as we were still right at the tail end of the territory era of professional wrestling. So it was a basically a who's who in professional wrestling. With card number one being Andre the Giant. Others included in the set include Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, Ted DiBiase, and others. 20 years ago, Eric took on Stone Cold in the main event on Raw, but the real main event was the confrontation that happened backstage before the show. Now, the next week, I'm sitting in this chair, and that same guy, I don't think I had said a word to him that day. I don't think I had seen Rick up until the point he came through that door. And he's, you know, getting me, telling me to get up, get out of the chair. He's so pissed off. He's bleeding. I'm on the phone, and he's got blood running down his chin because he bit his lip. He was so mad, he bit the inside of his mouth. He's got blood on a backstage confrontation. I hadn't even gotten out of the chair yet. (laughs) Ad-Free Shows members got to sit shotgun alongside Kevin Nash and click this co-host, Sean Oliver, as they watch back some of the worst matches in history. None more so than the Yeti. Randy the, now. The mummy is not Frankenstein. You don't walk with your arms straight out. With like the that. arms out, right? And, they, and yeah. you know, a Yeti is also not a mummy, but I don't know. Was it Jim Hurd? Who was here? Well, well, whose brainchild was this? Who gives a fuck? That's just a small taste, a sampling, if you will, of what we have waiting for you with four levels to choose from. Four. See for yourself why ad-free shows is the best value in wrestling today. Sign up now, right now, at adfreeshows.com. Yeah. As cold as a razor blade, as tight as a tourniquet, like the skin on a dying man. I don't want a piece of the world. I want the whole world. I make my own rules. Because it's much easier that way. Trust me. What's up, everybody? I'm Marcus D'Angelo, and we are back in the snake pit for a really exciting episode but first i have to introduce you of course to our host it's the hall of famer the legend mr jake the snake roberts jake how you doing brother i'm doing great today bro 
Good, man. I'm glad to hear it. And uh, man, I, I mentioned it. This is one of those episodes that ever since we started, fans have been asking for it. And we are finally delivering because we are fast approaching the anniversary of this event. Uh, it's it's Rick Martell and your your rivalry with him. You know, initially we were we were going to go all the way through it and talk about uh, WrestleMania seven. But, Jake, as I was taking the notes, I realized we're going to have to break this into two episodes, man. There's a there's a lot of story here. OK, so, uh, well, without any further ado, let's go ahead and get rolling on it. Yeah, I kind of realized that, you know, you, you can't really tell the full the, or rather the story of WrestleMania seven without telling the full story because there's just so much that happened in the fall prior to it. So uh, let's go ahead and get moving. All right, let's go. All right, so your uh, long-term feud with Bad News Brown comes to an end when Brown leaves the WWF following your match with him at SummerSlam. Allegedly, Vince had promised Brown that he'd make him the first African-American WWF champion, and when Vince failed to live up to that expectation, Brown abruptly quit. So uh, we'll talk about your rivalry with Bad News Brown in long form someday, but for right now, I'd just like to hear your thoughts on, on working with him. Oh, uh, working with him was a dream, man. He was uh, he was real simple to work with. He let me guide the whole thing, and uh, uh, he was he was right there for it. But see, I, you know, I I always prided myself on being the guy that made myself available to the other guy, and I was taught very early on never expose your opponent's weakness. Well, Brown's weakness was getting up and down. He had, mm. he had real bad knees. So if you knock him down, he was like a bug on his back. He had a hard time getting back to his feet. So I just didn't knock him down. So you, you kind of treated him, I guess, the, the same way that you would have treated Andre, right? Right, exactly. Exactly. So I just kept him on his feet doing what he does, which is kick ass. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I'd heard all these horror stories about him, man, and he was absolutely fabulous with me, you know, so I don't know. I had heard kind of the same thing, but, yeah, Bret Hart uh, dispelled a lot of that in his book as well, saying that, no, like, he was he was a great guy, easy to work with. Now, now I know uh, you were working with him an awful lot at this time. Did he ever mention any of this WWF champion business or complain to you about yeah. Vince? Yeah, he talked to me about it briefly. Yeah. So, so he was told by Vince then that uh, he'd be become the champion. Well, he was told by Vince he'd have a long run with the belt. So, aha, okay. Here you go, man. It's it's one of those what could have been things because yeah, I mean he was a talented guy, uh, great look, cool it's, performer. It's hard to believe Vince said something and didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, geez, I've never heard of that happening before. Yeah, that's a first. <laughs> well jake uh the rivalry uh with brown is kind of incomplete but it does lead to perhaps the most memorable rivalry in your career with rick martell it kicks off on the brother love show and that will be our first clip this week Sticks 
out here is attitude, my man. And you know what kind of attitude I am. I am a man that's always been a hired gun for his own stable. I am what Cain was to Abel. So you don't play no stinking games with me. He's up to something. About love. He's, I really he's, don't care much about love, brother. Oh, he's going to do it again. Oh, don't be pulling this off. He's, oh, he got it right in the eye. He got it right in the eye. Somebody get down there. Martell's braiding right in the eyes with a arrogance. He's braiding right in the eye. I saw it. He's hurt. What do you mean you don't know how close it was? Bossman, who's stepping up left, coming out. Oh, Jake is riding in the Look at this. And he's got him splitter in the eyes with him. Full force, right in the eyes. Woo. Man, iconic, iconic stuff, Jake. Uh, right off the bat, I've got to ask, who came up with the idea for you to be blinded by Martel? Uh, Vince came up with the idea to be blinded by it, but... Uh... I threw an extra little pinch in there. I told him, let's make it look like an accident. That way, Markel can say it's an accident, it's an accident, it's an accident, when the whole time everybody knows it was on purpose, mm. which makes him a better liar. Or a bigger <laughs> absolutely absolutely and what what was cool following this was you know he would give like these apologies and promos oh. and he'd have this smile on his face all the time man he was just so good at playing the antagonistic heel oh yeah absolutely that was the whole idea from my point my viewpoint that was it it freaking worked man it was awesome and certainly worked. And yeah, I mean, this is one of those things that all these years later, fans are still talking about it. And really, it gets point, pointed to a lot as like kind of one of the biggest moments or most memorable moments or times in your in your career. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it's one of them. That, certainly, you've had a lot. But yeah, this one this one stands out for a lot of people. And, and a big reason is uh, what's to come with with the whole uh, contact lenses thing, which we're, we're going to get into. Uh, but before before we do. Uh, I wanted to ask you, Jake, uh, this early on, was was the plan in place for a blindfold match at WrestleMania, or did that come down the road? Uh, it came down the road as far as I know. Oh, okay. Well, uh, let's talk about Martel for a moment. Uh, by this time, he'd already had a 17-year career after having started in wrestling when he was just a teenager. Uh, he'd been AWA champion, enjoyed a lot of success with Tito Santana and Strike Force, and now he was onto the gimmick that he'd be best known for here as the model. Uh, had you cro- crossed paths with Martel before the WWF? No, I had never crossed paths, man. And uh, I regret that because, man, he is certainly a dream to work with and, and a, a real gentleman. Yeah, such a great performer and very, very well respected among all of his peers. Uh, and yeah, just gosh, what a worker. I, I did want to mention too, Jake, and not only did Bad News Brown leave it around this time, but also your old nemesis Rick Rude would depart from the company, allegedly due to what he felt was a weak SummerSlam payoff and some issues with Vince stemming back to missing a few weeks of shows with the Warrior due to an injury. Um, also, Akeem, uh, the, the African dream, has, has left the company at this time, citing road fatigue. And it's rumored that Bobby Heenan and yourself are negotiating with Jim Hurd. We've actually got this from the 1029-1990 edition of The Observer. Yeah. As for 
as for Roberts, his asking his asking price said to be five hundred thousand dollars per year, uh, but you have to take that figure uh, with this, or rather, with a grain of salt, was considered by the NWA to be totally totally out of line. First off, let me say that that's bullshit. You know, if if Jim yeah. Hurd was if he was able to get you for five hundred grand a year, I'd still be there. Yeah, and man, what a hell of a bargain he'd be getting you at, though. You know, he was paying guys like Lex Luger six or seven. Uh, I, I believe Flair is in that range, and man, your stock was way, way up. So it would be a hell of a, a hell of a get for him in WCW at that time. But uh, let's start here. Was there any truth to any of the negotiations? No, none at all. So you hadn't negotiated with Hurd at all. I never talked to Jim Hurd. Okay. Well, let me ask, you know, all these people are kind of departing and citing the road fatigue. Um, I know that a lot of talents were saying they wanted to go to WCW just because of the simple fact that, uh, you know, it was it was constant on the road with WWF and WCW is a little bit more mild as far as, as the schedule is concerned. Did you ever I, I mean, it's it's probably a silly question just because of the crazy success that you were having. But did you ever consider like, hey, maybe I can kind of check it out at least? No, I never thought about doing that. Not at all. Oh, okay. And like, is is there any reason why uh, that hadn't occurred to you? You were just happy? I guess I was just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like I said, it's, you know, yes, road fatigue. There's a lot to it. But, man, uh, you you were enjoying insane levels of success. Uh, so it's it would be hard to leave that behind, especially on the biggest stage in wrestling. Absolutely. When you're in the number one spot, number one place, man, you don't want to drop down a notch just because you're a little tired. Uh, I was a lot, I was a lot of tired, but I wasn't tired enough to give it up. No. And like the potential as far as, as far as payoffs and whatnot was concerned. I mean, it, it trumps anything that WCW is going to do unless that 500 K a year was coming through. Holy smokes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. All right, everybody, let's take a quick break here so that we can give you a reminder about AG1. Man, let me tell you, if you want to make an investment in your health, there is no better solution than AG1 by Athletic Greens. I've been using it for well over six months now. And let me tell you, the difference that I've experienced when it comes to energy, health, and overall wellness is absolutely unbelievable. You know, Folgers used to say they were the best part of waking up. But nowadays, I don't start my day without some Athletic Greens. I'm, I'm reaching for AG1 as soon as the day begins. Those days of taking a million multivitamins and supplements every single morning to get myself where I need to be or cleaning out my blender after I wind up, you know, putting all the fruits and veggies in there and then you feel stuffed afterwards, miserable, forget it. AG1 makes it easy because you just scoop, shake, and enjoy. With one delicious scoop of AG1, I get 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start my day off on the right foot. These ingredients support gut health, my nervous system, my immune system, recovery focus, and most importantly for me, it was always about my energy. 
In just a few months, I feel like a new man and AG1 has become part of my daily routine. It's easy, it's convenient, and most importantly, it works. They've got more than 7,000 five-star reviews and you'll understand why whenever you give it a shot. Here's the best part, it costs less than $3 per day. I mean, I can't even drive past a Starbucks without spending that amount of money. And now you can make a true investment in your health at that price. I mean, this is this is a move that you guys have to make. It's a small price to pay when it comes to making a true investment in your health. It's time, guys. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. And let's make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Get started when you go to athleticgreens.com forward slash snake. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash snake to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. One more time, guys. That's athleticgreens.com forward slash snake, S-N-A-K-E, and let's make an investment in your health. Well, yourself and Heenan would stay, but a lot of talents are moving on. Uh, was this uh, pretty par for the course during this era? Would you, would you say that there was a lot of frustration behind the scenes at this time? A lot of frustration behind the scenes, man. You know, because uh, there wasn't anybody making 500K where we were at, except for Savage and Hogan. Yeah, I mean, that seems like pretty big money for the era. I know that, uh, you know, even years later, guys like Scott Hall and Kevin Nash would say, like, ah, oh, you kind of max out at about at about 400 grand a year. Um, so it's it, I, I would imagine it would, it would get a little bit frustrating seeing guys like Hogan and, and Savage kind of get these monster payoffs where you're like, hey, wait a minute, I've kind of plateaued. What, right? about, what about me? Yeah, you're saying that a few times. <laughs> Well, Jake, in the weeks leading to Survivor Series, the angle sold to uh, unbelievable perfection. We start out a week after you're sprayed in the eyes with an update at the doctor's office where it's revealed that you've been blinded. Uh, the following week's fans actually got to see your eyes and the damage that was done by the arrogant spray. And that is going to be our second clip of the week. And man, it is a fun one. Jake, I'm going to level with you. Do not expect too much. This is it, isn't it, man? This is where I find out the real answer. No matter what your vision, Jake, it should improve somewhat over time. Don't you dare lie to me. Okay? I'm going to remove the dressing. Hey, man. I just want to see you with this scene. That's all I want. You told me that I'd be able to see, didn't you? Okay, Jake. Uh -oh. Didn't you tell me? Be light sensitive, Jake. Right, I want you right. open your right eye for me, Jake. No, no matter what you see, it will improve somewhat over time, Jake. Open that's it. That's it. I know it hurts. It's, it's a very light right. sensitive. Right. Open your eye for me, Jake. Uh, a little bit more now. It's the light sensitivity will cause you great pain, Jake. I'll prescribe you some dark glasses. It should help ease that pain. Oh. But you must open your eyes now, Jake. No matter what you see, it should improve. That's what I see. Time. I can't you see don't anything, know how man. Much, Jake, but you must open your eyes. It's just a cloud. How much very cloud. I can't even see my hands in front of me. You told me. You told me I'd be able to see something. Open your eyes, Jake. Uh. Uh. Uh, it's real cloudy, man. It's just real cloudy. Why me? Why does this have to happen to me? 
Whew. So look, I was, I was I was about six years old when that happened, uh, but I remember it very very distinctly because uh, it was it was it's such a scary visual. Uh, Jake, what can you tell us about this whole thing? Well, that was my idea. The the contact lenses. Yeah, I, I went and got the contact lenses and said, let's do this. Yeah. So uh, let me ask, like how. How was the whole process? Like, uh, the I mean, uh, tough. It sucked. <laughs> so, so why? What? What can you tell us about what was man and her taking them out, and then once you put them in, you couldn't see shit. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, so do you like have regrets uh, that you kind of pitched this idea? Or? I beat the hell out of myself walking. I'd walk into shit. I I get tripped. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I kind of turned that around on some guys, man. I'd be around people. And we'd have to, you know, kayfabe, you know, walk blind. And uh, I'd walk and I'd intentionally walk over something and fall, you know. And just like, God damn it, man. I told you not to let me walk into things. Why are you doing this to me? Why? Why? <laughs> so, and up being an asshole. Hey, this man, Robbers, man, he's blind. He can't see. And they would shit, man. <laughs> it is too funny, man. Uh, especially the fans kind of giving like the real reactions. Like, hey, come on, he's blind. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. God damn, you're an asshole. We hate you, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Jake, I have to say, too, the acting alongside that stunning yeah. visual, it was great. Uh, I mean, had you ever taken any acting classes or anything? No, 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 man. What were you doing to, to kind of get yourself ready or in that headspace? I played it in my mind, man. And it just seemed like in my mind, that's the type of shit that would happen, you know? So, you know, you just, you put it in your head what you got to do and why you're going to do it. And then you just kind of, it's like a movie you play in your mind. How, how are you going to play this? And I just went for it. Well, let me tell you, it it came off very, very realistic, unbelievably memorable. Yeah. yeah. All the acting throughout this whole thing is great. We've got another clip that I'm going to be showing here shortly, and, and we'll we'll see more of your, your great acting skills and the ability to kind of sell being blind. Now, I know that you said that the contact lenses did obscure your, your vision to a, to a degree, but, man, the, the way that you're playing blind here coming up on the clip that I've got is just absolutely incredible. Great acting. Uh, I did want to ask, was anyone giving you notes as far as how to approach all this, or is it all just improv? It's all me, man. So no agents were chiming in like, hey, Jake, what if you try this? Or... Fuck no. If any agent told me to do something, I would do right the opposite. <laughs> well, yeah, so I think that brings up a pretty good point. Who were the agents at this time? Was Bruce Pritchard kind of directing creative? Fuck no. No? <laughs> no. Uh, the agents at the time were Chief J. Strongbow and guys like that, man. Jesus Christ. Who's going to listen to that shit? <laughs> Earl, Hebner, Earl Hebner, referee. Uh, see, who else? Oh, Black Jack Mulligan. Oh, Black Jack Lanza. Mm. Yeah. Oh, and George Steele. Yeah. George Steele was an agent at this time. Yeah. No way. So uh, you would you would spend some time working with him in the ring. What was it like uh, working with him as an agent? Uh, he just let me do whatever I wanted to. 
probably the right move, especially given the fact that you're you're turning in some of these incredible performances. Um, and speaking of incredible performances, Jake, the following week you'd be back in front of a live television audience for the return of the, for your return at the Brother Love Show. And this is a moment that a lot of fans really love because you got a little retribution on Brother Love, and we've got the clip right now. I tell you what, Brother Snake, I won't take my glasses off. So why don't you? I can't take these glasses off. The lights burn my eyes, and you better knock the crap off real quick. Unfortunately. Uh, just, you just wait just a minute. You just wait just a minute. You better wait. You better wait. Martel, you may have taken the one thing that every man needs to see a child grow. And you may have taken the one thing that a man needs to see the beauty of life. But I promise you. If you will lead me the way, if you will show me the spot, whether it's in the back, whether it's outside, whether it's in front of these people, brother, remember this, an eye for an eye. Chip the Snake Roberts, challenging Rick. Wait a minute, Martel's coming back. Me. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> and can you see what you look like? Man, that crowd reaction, Jake. That was something. Yeah, buddy. They made a little noise, didn't they? It certainly did. And yeah, again, it's one of those things that these fans just bring up all these years later. I mean, Bruce was just a great antagonistic heel as as brother love. And fans always wanted to see one of the guys get their hands on him. And, and here you are nailing him. Uh, he he kind of played the perfect foil for this whole thing, didn't he? Oh, yeah. He did a great job. Yeah. Uh what are your overall thoughts on on Bruce's? Well, how about behind the scenes versus as a performer? Where do you think his strength is? Oh, behind the scenes is probably his best thing, man. He's uh, very good at doing his job. and That's uh, a tough job. You don't make a lot of friends being that guy. That is very, very true. I know that uh, it, it can certainly be frustrating at times. And Bruce, uh, also to that point, he started very young. You know, when he came in to uh, the WWE, and I believe it was 87, I think he was only 26 years old. So even here, he's he's probably under 30 or, or maybe just at 30. Uh, you had first started hanging around Bruce probably in Mid-South, right? Right, right. He was down in Houston. Oh, okay. Well, uh, can you tell us anything about early experiences around him? Uh, 
down in Houston, he was uh, part of the announcement team and part of the guys that got it all going for, uh, oh gosh, I forgot the guy's name now. Uh, Paul Bosch? Paul Bosch, yeah. Yeah, he was Paul Bosch's right-hand man. Now, uh, rumor has it that Bruce is a young man. Again, you know, when you were around him uh, in Houston or Mid-South, he would have been, you know, early to mid-20s. Uh, rumor has it that he was uh, a party guy. Uh, did you did you ever I, uh, get to party with him? He didn't party with me. He partied with the other guys, you know, like DiBiase or, or uh, Gino Hernandez. Not me. Oh, okay. Well, I was hoping for a uh, for a Bruce party story, but uh, maybe we'll have to ask Diviasi one of these days. I'm sure he's got some. Yeah, he didn't party hard enough to, to roll with me. <laughs> Just a side note: Who were your kind of running mates back in those days? Me and Hacksaw. I, I think Hacksaw could probably hang in there, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did a good job of it. Well, uh, you know, the nice part also here with this storyline, especially at this point, is that you're getting a little bit of retribution, which fans are dying to see, but you are not getting your hands on Martel. Uh, no. so, so I think that that's a really cool kind of calculated move. Uh, you and Rick are not getting much contact at all on TV on the way to Survivor Series, aside from some DQ oh. wins for him where you run in and attack him despite being blind. Uh, was this a this was a calculated move on, on the part yeah. of WWE? Yeah, they wanted to get it ready. Well, you guys are working together on house shows, and you're cutting some of these killer promos on the way there uh, where you're wearing sunglasses throughout the promos until the end where you pull them off and kind of reveal that one-way eye. Just masterful, fun stuff. You're coming up with all this, I assume? Yeah. Brilliant. What a fun angle. Uh, I mean, prior to this in your career, can you think of an angle before or after this that you could really sink your teeth into as much as this one? I mean, what a juicy angle. Uh, it was, well, I kind of, I just kind of borrowed stuff from, you know, back in the day, Mid-South, uh, Junkyard Dog got blinded by the Freebirds. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I just kind of borrowed everything they did. I had never heard that before. So yeah. he... He had been blinded by the Freebirds, and yeah. obviously, you know, you and I talked about it before uh, a, an episode or two ago. Uh, you getting blinded by by Dark Journey. I mean, so uh, this is this has been kind of a through line in your career, huh? I've been blinded blinded several times. It looks like, and I can't really think of a of a blinding angle that's that's happened since then. That's uh, certainly none that are as significant. Have you seen no. one? Or no, I no. can't think of one either. As an adult, don't we all miss spring break? Nothing like taking a week off from all your responsibilities. Well, here's the next best thing for adults, a spring break from house payments. Savewithconrad.com can help you get rid of all your credit card debt, just like that. We're routinely helping our listeners save five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month. And you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this, but check this out. No house payments for two months at savewithconrad.com. Well, also, you're working matches against enhancement talents wearing an eye patch. And uh, what do we reference reference last week happens during this time with Tom Stone, who, yeah. yeah, he's taking advantage of your blind spot and getting the better of you until he pulls off your eye patch, which enrages you and you beat him down until the ref calls the finish. So you just beat his ass until the ref, he couldn't pull you off and it's a DQ finish. 
Yeah. Uh, man, it's cool because we're si- simultaneously getting to see some weakness from you as far as this blindness is concerned. But then we're also getting some kind of, at the time, uncharacteristic aggression from your character. Um, is, is anybody helping you to put this creative together? No. Or like, this is no. this is completely you. All me, bro. Man, incredible. It's, I mean, when, when it comes to coming up with creative like this for you, is, is this one, I always hear from the guys, like I learn, I, I I think about it while I'm on the road, you know, I spend so much time in the car. That's when I come up with this stuff. Is that how it happened for you? Absolutely, man. I get alone, I get in my head and I just play. Now I know that uh, I've, I've heard the guys in the click talking about how, you know, they would kind of bounce ideas off each other on the way from town to town. Was there anybody that you would travel with who you would be bouncing ideas off of? Just myself. You traveled alone? A lot of the times I did. Man, that had to be boring as hell at times to make oh, those hard miles. Fun getting inside my head. <laughs> Well, Jake, I mentioned that you had been working with uh, Martel on the uh, house show loop yeah. during this time. Uh, so this would have been some of your uh, your first matches with Martel then? Yep. So what did you think about working with him? Uh, can you give us some some detail on, on your thoughts on him and his ring skills? Oh, his ring skills were polished, man. He was right there for everything. He just knew how to react. You know, he's very good with my hands off of him. That's when you learn a great worker. It's when you're not touching him how he reacts, how he handles himself in the ring. That's interesting because uh, you always kind of hear about these guys that are like, you know, you, you consider guys being great when it comes to like chain wrestling and very, very kind of like hands on type approach. But you're saying that some of you really kind of find out about a guy when you're not putting your hands on him. That's right. That's when you that's when you know what they got. I mean, so, once you grab a hold of somebody, it's kind of mustard against mustard, you know. But if you're out there by yourself, then you've got to react and have have a match by yourself. See how well that goes. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, you kind of see some of this stuff nowadays where, like, guys, I, I've seen it in Japan, they'll have, like, a, like a, a blow-up doll in the ring that they're working with. Uh, yeah. Have you seen any of that shit? No, not yet. Hope I don't. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a weird time in wrestling, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've wrestled the Invisible Man before, but not in front of a crowd. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wrestled the Invisible Man. Yeah. Yeah, he beat me too straight. He reversed, he reversed the DDT on me and gave it to me. I've heard about people doing that stuff. Uh, so I, I think it was in Memphis where somebody had a match with the Invisible Man. Is that a shoot? Did you actually do a match like that? <laughs> oh, yeah, by myself. There was no people there. <laughs> okay. So man, I would uh, I would kill. I would spend any amount of money to see the uh, some footage of you wrestling the Invisible Man back in the day. Oh, I, think. I don't want to wrestle him again. He's too tough. <laughs> Nobody can go over against you, Jake. Come on. Yeah, he'll fuck you up, man. <laughs> so, well, Jake, we arrive at Survivor Series. Um, and before we talk about your match, I have to ask. Uh, this is this event is pretty infamous, Survivor Series 1990, because uh, they've been teasing this egg. This giant egg, oh, and, yeah. and, and it laid an egg. Out comes the gobbledygooker. Uh, man, what oh. is the reaction like backstage with that shit? Oh my god, we all just were horrified. <laughs> the gobbledygooker, what a fucking turd! The, what? 
rumor has it that uh, I think The Undertaker, so The Undertaker debuts at this event, Survivor Series 1990, and rumor has it that he was supposed to come out of the egg. Uh, Do you think that would have just irreparably fucked up his character? It would have probably killed his character. (laughs) How can you take anybody serious if they pop out of a fucking egg? Come on. Hard to wrap your head around, and like, look, you know, we were suspending our disbelief in the first place when it comes to like, okay, this character is is dead. He's like a zombie. Uh, it might be a bridge too far if he's coming out of a fucking egg as well. Yeah, yeah, it would have been a little bit too much even for wrestling fans. That's saying a lot. That is saying a lot. Uh, I, I did want to ask too. I, I said it. Uh, Undertaker's making his debut here at Survivor Series. Uh, would would this have been the first time you had been around Mark Calloway? Yeah. And yeah. what what were your thoughts on the the fact that okay this guy's gonna be playing a, a dead man? Yeah, I thought it was a bit much, you know. And uh, the fact that he no sold everything made it kind of hard to think about a match, you know. Yeah. So, but time would show that it didn't matter. Yeah, I guess everything worked out. And then, you know, a couple of years later, he's kind of no-showing for you. You're hitting him with a chair in the funeral parlor, and it, it sets up a pretty awesome match in what would be your final match in the WWF uh, in 1992 at WrestleMania 8, which we will talk about at some point. Um, all right, Jake, it's Survivor Series, and it's the Visionaries, comprised of Martel, Warlord, Hercules, and Paul Roma, against the Vipers, which is yourself, the Rockers, and Jimmy Snuka. We've talked about Shawn Michaels before, uh, but what what about his tag team partner? Any memories of working with Marty Jannetty? Marty was great, man. Are you kidding me? He was awesome in the ring. He did his job and then some, you know? Mm-hmm. On a color, the only problem with, with Marty was just outside the ring, you know? He, uh, he just partied too hard, man. I was going to ask about that because, uh, you know, kind of they they had had this sort of on and off again relationship. The Rockers, I mean, had had this on and off again relationship with Vince and the WWF due to some of their, their wild partying. Uh, did you ever party with those guys? Nope. You'd just been hearing stories about how wild the two of them uh, could be. I, I've been in some of the same places they've been and I've watched them there. And I realized I didn't want to play that game. You were talking about partying too hard uh, in in Mid South for Bruce Pritchard, so these guys must have been going really hard. They were doing outlandish shit, man. They were trouble. You know, I never looked for trouble. These guys did. They created it, and they would certainly find trouble. I know that uh, Shawn Michaels would get himself into a few pinches here and there uh, down the road. I know he got jumped by a bunch of Marines when he was partying at one point. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's uh, you find yourself in a predicament doing that shit. Got his ass kicked. Yes, he did. Uh, before we get off the rockers, I did want to ask. Uh, so, kind of the narrative out there is that whenever there's a tag team, it it always gets divided into the and this is I think this is unfair. The Shawn Michaels of the tag team and the Marty Jannetty of the tag team. Whenever they become singles wrestlers, um, first of all, what do you think of that narrative? As far as like one guy's going to be a star, the other guy's going to be the Marty Jannetty of the group. Well. Marty's was all because of his party, man. But mm. he was always in trouble. So that's unfair. Marty could have carried the stick just as well as Sean did. You know, I'm just that's just where I'm at. I have to agree. And a lot of people say that Marty uh in ring was actually more talented than Sean. I believe he was. It's uh, hard to deny it, especially you see some of his work back in that era. Man, the guy could go. 
he, he, he did all the right things, man. He was just, again, he was just a handful out of the ring. What a shame. It's another one of those what could have been, I think, in wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jake, the match at Survivor Series was phenomenal, in my mind, largely because of the storytelling between yourself and Martel. Uh, so he continues to kind of play this game of keep away from you. And every time you would tag in, he's tagging out until yeah. finally you're the last survivor on your side. Uh, you DDT Warlord, and then Martel, when Martel tries to stop you, you chase him out of the arena with Damien and get counted out. And we've got the clip right now. However, let's be realistic, Rod. I don't like his chances. Nah, we're talking a guy's going to have to beat four guys by himself with no break. Now, nobody to tag. Nobody to tag. Nobody home. Oh, big bear hug by the Warlord. All by himself, lonesome in a bear hug with a gorilla. Come on, Jim. He's not going to quit. Well, you know, at this point, I, I hate this all. I hate to see the man get hurt, though. There becomes a point in which you maybe just want to see him get pinned so he don't get hurt anymore. Well, you'll have to pin him because he's not going to quit. Huh? No, he's too much. Oh, look at this. CDT. Yes. He nailed the big guy. Yes. Oh, look at Martel. Did he get it? No, Jake saw it coming. He turned his head, Hot Rod. All right. But the referee didn't see any of that action. He's got a partner. He's got a partner. Can you blame him? Not a bit all. Look at Martel scared to death. And Jake right on his tail. Probably limping, but still going after him. Martel, you coward. You did the least in there. You're running. Referee's counting. Warlord, of course, the legal man in the ring, and Jake the Snake. Nine. Uh, He's out. Uh, I don't think he was worried about being counted out, Hot Rod. He wanted a piece of Martel. Jake the Snake Roberts has been counted out. Therefore, the winning survivors are the entire team of the Wow, the entire team of the Visionaries have made it to the grand finale. Including, including the model, of course, the whole team. The first time in the history of the Survivor Series that an entire team has made it. Uh, man, just what a brilliant way to, uh, to continue to dangle the carrot in front of the audience. That's the whole thing. Not letting, him get a hold, not letting me get a hold of him. So do you think that by Survivor Series, uh, it was set in stone that you guys are going to be working at WrestleMania? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it was brilliant. And uh, just for frame of reference, the story is going to last all the way from October 1990 to late March 1991. So it's, it's a legitimate six-month story. Um, and, man, it's uh, what can you tell us about kind of having patience when it comes to storytelling in professional wrestling? Oh, it makes it so easy. Are you kidding me? I mean, the house show matches we were doing, we didn't have to hardly do anything, man. We just went out and played cat and mouse for a few minutes, and I'd finally get a hold of him, do a little something, then he'd run. 
man, it's just smart, smart thinking and and a good way to kind of prolong it. Because I think that whenever you have these storylines in wrestling and it's like, okay, one month Jake is working with this guy, the next month he's with another guy. You just keep doing that. It's like, man, you're kind of screwing yourself as far as like having available options. There's only so many guys on the roster. And if you go month by month, you're just going to run through everybody. Yeah, you will, man. (laughs) 12 months, you've got 12 guys. There's not anybody left. Right. You know, at least at least not anybody that's a viable opponent. There's so much more to to getting a hold of somebody. The other the anticipation of the act is the strongest part of this thing. It's sort of like, you know, dating a girl and trying to get to home plate. If you get it the first day, you don't come back next week. You know, you're looking for new. That's exactly it. And that's that's kind of how you guys uh, allowed this thing to play out. Uh, you know, it's it's just it's not something that we're likely to see nowadays in professional wrestling is a is a six month storyline. What a shame. Uh, but Jake, it's as I as I mentioned, you know, we've got an awful lot of story to tell here with the Rick Martel situation. Uh, you know, as of right now, where we stand, we've made it to December of 1990 and we've still got to get all the way to WrestleMania. Uh, and you guys are just it's it's classic long term storytelling. And I'm really excited to continue the story. Uh, I, I think, uh, what do you say that we, we do part two of Rick Martell next week here on the snake pit? We can do that. All right, man, we will make it happen. We'll continue the story next week as we look ahead to 1991 and the road to WrestleMania seven. I just wanted to mention here at the end of the episode, if you're looking to capture that pro wrestling demographic, you just can't do any better than advertising with WWE hall of famer and pop culture icon, Jake, the snake Roberts. You see this guy right here next to me. That's that's fucking Jake Roberts. Don't you want to be his tag team partner? Don't you want to team yeah. up with him? <laughs> it's, he's, a, he's a Hall of Famer. He's a legend. And you can partner with him when you go to AdvertiseWithSnake.com. Again, that's AdvertiseWithSnake.com. Get over there and team up with Jake Roberts. Also, check out JakeTheSnakeShop.com for rare signed collectibles uh, that will be the centerpiece of any wrestling fan's collection. Go out of your way to check out the reviews over on Jake's Cameo page at Cameo.com forward slash Snake. If you want to give somebody a unique gift, uh, there's no better way to do it than going over to Jake's Cameo and uh, getting a personalized message from the man himself. Right, Jake? That's right. I, you know, I love breaking up with... Uh fiancés uh, i like to quit your job for you put me in there man i'll tell your parents they're piece of shit it doesn't matter <laughs> tag in jake yeah uh, he will he will get you out of those weird situations like breakups yeah. job quitting hey that stuff is uncomfortable man so just let yeah. jake do it let me do it for you man let me make it easy for you <laughs> Uh, and by the way, if you do that, please, please share the video because God knows that the internet needs to see it. Oh man. Uh, we've got awesome vintage style merch available now at boxagimmicks.com. I've, I've added stuff there constantly. I'm working hand in hand with our graphics guy trying to, to curate and develop these, uh, vintage looking cool, old school, uh, merch items. And I think that we've hit the nail on the head over there. Uh, if you don't believe me, just go check it out. It's boxagimmicks.com. Gotta check it out. 
Yes, sir. Also, you've got to check us out on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash at Snake Pit Pod for short clips from our show, highlights, and some exclusive content. Uh, we also recently did a giveaway for subscribers there. Uh, it was an autographed Jake figure, and man, it's a badass giveaway. And all you got to do is subscribe. Just go over to youtube.com forward slash at Snake Pit Pod. Subscribe, hit the notifications bell, and you can be eligible to win prizes such as uh, autographed Jake merchandise. Uh, also wanted to mention, if you've enjoyed our podcast, please like, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review on all platforms because that helps us out a bunch. And just a reminder, you can get the Snake Pit and all of our other shows in our network early and ad-free at adfreeshows.com starting at just $9 a month. Jake and I right now are getting ready to record a bonus episode for adfreeshows.com. And man, it is going to be a fun one. We're talking about WrestleMania 12 and Jake's match there. And you can only get that stuff over at adfreeshows.com. Just go over there and try it. You can get a free trial over there right now, too. So just go to adfreeshows.com and check it out. Also, check out Jake on Twitter at JakeSnakeDDT, on Instagram at JakeTheSnakeDDT, and on Facebook at RealJakeTheSnake. You can follow me at Marcus P. D'Angelo on Twitter, and you can follow the podcast at SnakePitPod on all, all social media platforms. Jake, I loved talking about Rick Martel today. I'm excited to continue the story next week. We will do that, but before I go, I just want to tell those fans out there, if you're watching and you don't really dig what we're doing, or if you got something you want to say, keep your fucking mouth shut. I couldn't have said it better myself, Jake. That's beautifully stated. And we'll catch you next time right here on The Snake Pit.